0: Welcome to Household 6. We are two seasoned Army spouses and virtual BFFs. We hope to encourage and empower other military spouses so they can leave their duty station better than they found them. We're your hosts, Margo and Kathleen. Today, Kathleen and Mandy sit down with Colonel Reagan, the Behavioral Health Commander at BJAC, which is the hospital at Fort Polk. We will be dedicating all our episodes this month to mental health as September is Suicide Prevention Month. We'll listen to the first half of the interview today and finish it up on next week's episode. We so hope you enjoy listening, and without further ado, here's our conversation with Colonel Reagan.
1: We're here at B-Jack at Fort Polk, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going to ask our guests to introduce themselves.
0: Hi, good afternoon. So I'm Chris Desai. I'm the Suicide Prevention Program Manager here at Fort Polk.
2: I am Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Reagan. I am the Installation Director of Psychological Health and the Chief of Behavioral Health here at BJAC.
1: Thank you guys for making time
3: for us today. Before we started recording, we were just chatting about... Um, Back to school <laughs> and all of the fun for children. You know, something that kind of led into one of our conversations that we're having prior to starting to hit the record button is... Children and behavioral health, and we would like to know a little bit more about what BJAC is doing to provide care for children. I know that that's something that was near and dear to our family.
2: So one one of the areas that we've looked at is how to better take care of our children, right? We're always trying to do better, and you know, and, and readiness is such an important factor in the military. And oftentimes, when we think of readiness, we're thinking of our soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Be ready to fight and win our nation's wars. But I, I try to even look at it in our child and family programs, which CAFBIS, which is Child and Family Behavioral Health Services, our program here at BJAC. When I think of readiness, I think of family readiness. And as you may or may not know, 80% of soldiers come from military families, mm-hmm. right? They have 80%. parents yeah, that have been <laughs> in the military, crazy. uncles, aunts, all of that. And only about 6% of our nation's families are military families. So that's a big responsibility, right? So as we take care of the parents and the active duty soldiers, and then we take care of their children, we're actually helping to take care of our next generation of active duty. So when I think of readiness, I'm kind of thinking of it like that. If you can join mm-hmm. me in that kind of per- perspective. Yep. <laughs> but, but just getting into the details. So we have social workers that are in our child and family behavioral health clinic. We have a child psychologist and we have a child psychiatrist. So we've been able to grow our team here to be able to offer a large spectrum of services for our families. We're also leaning forward this year and at Parkway and North North Polk, Polk. We, we are having one of our social workers go out into the schools to be available to work with the staff, on ways to you know better work with the children and also work with the children right there in the school because we know that the less we have to take our children out of the classroom to bring them to Bjack to get to their appointment and the parents that have to take time off to come and do that you know that it takes extra time so leaning forward and going to where the children are is an effort to see one what's the need and then how we can help where they go to school
3: I really like the thought about that too because I know that I've been packing in all of appointments throughout the summer and so to be able to not pull them out of the classroom to have care done or you know managing it at the time being versus like weeks later when you can get an appointment and so when we're leaning forward and doing that in terms of like having appointments available for kids in the clinic as well as in school, is it easily accessible for people to make appointments for their kids?
2: Yeah, so it's going to be on like a case-by-case basis, right? Because there's always going to be limits. But what we want to do is work with the school staff to help identify what kids already known to have some benefit to seeing a behavioral health counselor, a social worker. And then as families hear about it and explore kind of, hey, how do I get my child seen? Because they'll be right there at the school, is to either drop by or make a phone call, and then they'll help kind of set those up on kind of a case-by-case basis.
1: Awesome. Are the schools going to have a consistent person that the kids will recognize, like someone who is there all the time?
2: Right, yeah. So for right now, it's one person. Okay. And then, again, based on need and getting feedback from staff and from families, especially like our EFMP families, Mm -hmm. working with either the EFMP staff to help educate us on, you know, what the need is and where some gaps are, then we'll Mm -hmm. know, what else we need to do to push people forward.
1: These kind of things are why we started this podcast, because like you're saying, you'll respond to demand, but nobody can use these resources if they don't know about them. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about the gap between the offices here on Post, the Mm -hmm. really cool things people are doing and what the spouses find out about. And so I think having someone there in the school that a teacher could suggest is gonna be really useful.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. So, and the biggest feedback I can say is to start with, you know, obviously listening to podcasts like this and putting mm-hmm. their comments, mm-hmm. showing up on the orientation day where our social worker is planning on being at to help kind of put names to faces and ask some of those questions like you guys are. is a great way to start.
1: Sticking with the parent-kid questions, I think people have been surprised that there are Child specialists here. What are reasons to bring my child in to behavioral health? Does it have to be an emergency? What kind of services are offered?
2: Yeah, no, great question. So there's a, one, there's a lot of different ways that families can get care beyond just BJAC. So if they show up at any of these locations, and I'll give a couple of examples, they'll help get them to the right resource. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if a family first made contact with Military OneSource, mm-hmm. looking at services, looking for counseling, maybe even looking in the community for something off post. And Military OneSource can help give them guidance on, hey, we really think your child probably should go to BJAC for medical care, and that's usually tied to diagnosable conditions. Mm-hmm. So we kind of specialize in, in that subgroup of kids and families, and even active duty, where a diagnosis has been made or is looking like it's heading in that direction. Same thing if they go and see our military family life consultants who are also in in a lot of the schools, and then they're over at ACS, and they're also embedded in some of the units here at at Fort Polk, right? One 310, Mm -hmm. uh, 519, 509, for example. And they also will see them. They're non-medical counselors, so again, you could start there. Mm-hmm. And if that counselor says, hey, we really think you need to be seen by a medical provider, then they'll help guide them over to be Jack to be seen by us. And same thing, if, if a family comes in to see us and through working with us, we're like, hey, we're really not thinking that you reached the level of a medical intervention, mm-hmm. then we'll help get them connected to the right mm-hmm. service. So right as a continuum of care, mm-hmm. all the way from self-help, mm-hmm. right to, kind of the more extreme versions that sometimes happen, like needing to go to Mm -hmm. the emergency room.
3: Can we touch base a little bit more on MFLAC in terms of, can we just explain to our listeners more kind of what they do, what they keep record of, what they don't keep record of?
2: Yeah. So so again, they have a few different ways to get in touch with them. Mm -hmm. So just kind of starting with that. The easiest way is either to go through the Military OneSource website, mm-hmm. uh, or call or show up over at ACS, right, Army Community Services, because there's a few of them that are located right there. That's the easiest way, and if, if you are wondering if they're in your unit, right, if you're, if you're active duty, beyond the couple of units I just mentioned, they'll help get you to those people and give you the phone numbers, contact information. And the scope of their practice in non-medical counseling is The easiest thing to think about is that they don't document mm-hmm. because they don't have access to medical records mm-hmm. right? because they're non-medical. So they don't have anything to document on. If, if, however, somebody were to show up and were having behaviors that were concerning to them, mm-hmm. like, for instance, thoughts of hurting themselves, suicidal ideations, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, then they have protocol to help get them to the right level of care so they can get not just seen, for what's going on that day but also the continued care which would be connecting them with the medical providers because that's our lane
3: okay so since we already touched base on that that is some of our biggest questions right now and i know for our listeners as well and one of the reasons why you're here are why why are we seeing such a high number in suicide
2: so you know there's always going to be conversations about that mm-hmm. right because one is too many Mm -hmm. Um, and it gets a lot of attention and it should, right? Mm -hmm. In my time in the military, I feel like we've done a really good job of educating both our commanders, Mm -hmm. our family members, Mm -hmm. our soldiers on how to take care of each other and how to better be self-aware when we're struggling. Mm -hmm. For instance, Safe Talk, Mm -hmm. right, is, is a new movement that comes out of living work. So talk like a lot of things in the Army is an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody gets really creative and can come up with these, but talk, which is tells. So like, what, what do you notice in, in someone that helps you think that maybe they're struggling? Doesn't mean they're suicidal, but they're struggling. Yeah. Is it something they're saying? The way they're behaving? Mm-hmm. What's different? That kind of thing. And then the ask, having that conversation about that. Hey, this is what I'm noticing. And then if you need to, ask in that deliberate question of, are you thinking of hurting yourself? And then listen. Right to the feedback and what they have to say about it, and then keep safe, which is that whole key about okay, I've done what I can. I think you probably need more than this. And if you don't, and maybe that other person doesn't agree at the time, or maybe they're nervous about, well, what are you going to do? Where are (laughs) we going? And that's one of the biggest worries that I think a lot of people have is. What are you going to do with this information if I share it with you? Mm -hmm. You know, so having those where everybody gets trained in safe talk and everybody has a situational awareness, then that helps, I think, make it less scary Mm -hmm. because it's kind of more predictable. Well, we're going to go talk to somebody else because if we don't agree that maybe something's going on as, as worried as I am, then let's get somebody else who's a professional. Whether that's a chaplain even your chain of command Mm -hmm. somebody in behavioral health on the medical side to help kind of hear hear both sides and come up with a better plan
1: can i circle back to military one source so you're saying that if you call your understanding is that if it's a medical issue they'll recommend you to someone for medical care i had a really bad experience where i called and after taking a whole history, like, they asked me all these questions. I gave so much information about, like, my life, my crises I was in. And then she goes, well, since this is medical, you need to go through TRICARE. And I just burst into tears. I, I was like, I'm emotional about it now because it was mm-hmm. such a hard moment. And I'd finally gotten the energy to reach yeah. out for help. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm crying on the phone. And I said, you can't help me. And she mm-hmm. said, No, because you have a diagnosis. You, you said you've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, you just have to go to truck care. And that, that was the end wow. of the conversation. And I think
3: that's a great point, too, is because what we've noticed a lot of our listeners is that if they say it one time, it's exhausting for them. Absolutely. So then to have right. to repeat it again and again. Right. Yeah, You know, if they had said that at the beginning of the conversation, they could have asked
1: right. me, do you have a medical diagnosis? I could have mm-hmm. said yes. And they could have said, call someone else. Mm-hmm. And that would have been fine. But I felt violated yeah. by the questions that they asked. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other people having the same experience. So
2: Yeah, no, that's so. One, well, sorry you went through that, yeah. right? <laughs> and I appreciate you bringing that up because mm-hmm. it's an important topic. Because you're right; I mean, you say mm-hmm. things over and over again, and you kind of get exhausted, mm-hmm. right? And you I think that's
3: when they stop saying them, and then they're yeah. quiet,
1: and you can't right. predict yep. quiet, right? And so, but so if it. someone is in my position, like, and they just say, "Go through Tricare,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: what what should I do?
2: So, if I could just just to back up just real mm-hmm. quick, because yeah. the part about military one source and like I'm big on training, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that helps. And there's actually I don't know how long ago that was, but I can tell you in the last couple of years there's actually been a training that's called REACH, right? again, acronyms, mm-hmm. right? So it's resources exist, asking can help, mm-hmm. and there's a version of that training that is active duty focused, and it's really not not specific to Army, it really covers all the branches. Mm-hmm. And then there's actually one for dependents. Okay. And if he spouses your FRGs, right? Like I'm always big on FRG involvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as people get involved in FRGs or they get to know their chaplains or even the MFLAX behavioral health on medical, is we can facilitate those trainings. And what it does is it actually helps break some of that stigma around it, but we mm-hmm. actually make a call to Military OneSource and walk through
1: mm-hmm. the screening
2: phone call you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, or this it, was
1: several years ago, so, so I hope... Right,
2: we'll yeah. So And, and I think mm-hmm. from some of that type of feedback... Yeah. has helped kind of reshape it because we, we and we all we do is we say hey this is a breach a training and the, the person on the other end I mean it's a live real MO mm-hmm. military one like a secret
1: shopper screener yeah.
2: right so they know like yeah. okay this is the training okay. so we walk through what the calls gonna look mm-hmm. like and feel like and sound like so mm-hmm. to hopefully break some of that stigma that sometimes people have right because they've either through mm-hmm. bad experiences mm-hmm. right so they think that it's always going to be like this but they've adapted so to make that long story short is, have your FRGs have those trainings, at least the mm-hmm. one that's dependent okay. focused, because that'll help break mm-hmm. some of that. Or yeah. try calling again, and mm-hmm. you know now that especially for your story, being in the place that you're at now versus where you were, yeah. to be able to hear that maybe it's different. So then it helps you when you're mm-hmm. helping other people, especially in the important roles you guys have yeah. now. Um, I, but if, I
1: should call again, because that experience okay. is a big reason why I've become really passionate about pointing out the mental health resources mm-hmm. and not yeah. recommending military yeah, <laughs> and, and, it, yes. and, and
2: it, Right, and it can be really helpful if, even yeah. with like the suicide hotline, right? The mm-hmm. national yeah. one. And I know that there's the 800 number, right? That can be hard to remember, but now it's n- 988, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. so at 988 is an easier number to remember, but sometimes it's good to call the number if you if you've either, if you've been struggling, not necessarily suicidal, but you're just struggling, mm-hmm. is to call before you get to that Mm-hmm. That moment where you're thinking I have to call, yeah, so that you feel a little more comfortable about what to expect when you really do need it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And being someone who's worked on the other end of those phone calls, mm-hmm. you know, I've taken those calls, and yeah. they're not—they don't bug us. Mm-hmm. Like, they we want to help reassure that you know it's a meaningful conversation you're yeah. going to have that we're going to answer the phone mm-hmm. and give you some helpful suggestions Absolutely. and help get you to where you need to get to That's
1: a great suggestion and I think people are scared of wasting somebody's time or mm-hmm. yeah. taking taking resources from other people mm-hmm. and the the resources are there to be used mm-hmm. right
3: and I feel like the only time it's going to be taken away is when people don't use them and there's no feedback on them, right? Mm-hmm. Because then it showed that they're not being used. So if we don't yeah, use them, yeah, there you go. They're not. <laughs> there's being. no demand. But I I like the idea of you calling military one source again too, yeah. because especially being somebody who's in a position that can be vocal about it and have listeners, like there's probably a lot of resources at military one source that are not being utilized. And I'm
2: sure like Mrs. Mm-hmm. Zayas, the Suicide Prevention Program Manager, could probably speak to this even even more than I can. But just about the benefits of of the 988 number and about using Mm -hmm. those prevention resources because that's Mm -hmm. her wheelhouse. We we tag team as installation and prevention, Mm -hmm. you know, and being able to get after it early because what we're trying to avoid are scenarios where someone feels like they're a burden, Mm -hmm. which nobody wants to be a burden, so when they start feeling that way, and they start worrying that maybe they don't matter, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody's listening to them, nobody's yeah. wants to hear what they have mm-hmm. to say. So the more we can break those, yeah. the less likely somebody is to head down that road mm-hmm. of suicide, as they say, yeah. where people start thinking about it, wondering about it. Because statistically, mm-hmm. right, and talk mm-hmm. talks about this is, in Safe Talk is mm-hmm. two, was it, two out of every 40? One in 20. We One in 20. Have thoughts
0: suicide when, mm-hmm. in a matter of two weeks. Well, right. So when
2: seven. you think about those, those statistics, mm-hmm. you know, and most of us have been in formations or meetings. Mm-hmm. We've got at least 20 people in there, mm-hmm. so if you think one person in the room is thinking about it or has had yeah. a recent thought about it, wow. mm-hmm. like that's a pretty mm-hmm.
3: significant
2: number, mm-hmm. right? So being able to know that I matter mm-hmm. and I'm not a burden—if mm-hmm. that's all we can do, yeah. <laughs> you know—that makes a yeah. lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, so again, trying that's to awesome. get that out to the FRGs mm-hmm. and to the formations and to you guys through this this platform, you know, is a great start.
0: That was the first half of the interview we'll listen to the remainder of it next week and talk about that but let's go ahead and dive into what we've heard today
1: yes i'm so excited to talk about this with you because i wish you had been there it was so fun to talk to colonel reagan and i just really appreciated hearing his perspective about the goals he has for reaching spouses and resources that are there but like I told him, there's just such a big gap in the information that's getting to us as spouses right. and what what they
0: think right. we're hearing. I think you said it during the interview, but you were like, you know, that's the whole reason that we started this podcast is because this information is not getting out. And, you know, I'm, I hope that some of you guys that are listening have learned something from us or we have told you a resource that was available, something like that, but I just think it's still such a problem and it's going to be improved by us talking about it and other people talking about it and these little small steps, but it's just so interesting that it's every person we talk to or every different resource or like place on posts. We have all this great stuff and... It's literally, it's just like spinning the wheels trying to get it out there. And when I say it like that, though, when I've told uh, – because every mm-hmm. time we
1: talk to someone, I say spouses aren't getting this information. Or or I say it like you, like right. it's not getting out there. And <laughs> they're always like, but we're putting it out there. Right. So mm-hmm. all of us need to really try to be proactive about finding the information. But definitely a goal I have yeah, is sure. to find ways to make it easier for people to find the information. Because there's stuff that I've learned – well, in every, every podcast, I talk about stuff that I've mm-hmm. just learned after being married for almost 12 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about, I was really blown away by the statistic that they shared that mm-hmm. 80% of soldiers come from military families. I like where that like three times and was like 80%? Yes. And then I was like, well, my husband's <laughs> dad was in the <laughs> army and my yeah husband's mom's dad was in the army (laughs) so like that makes sense and then it was like on my side of the family hardly anyone like i had Uh one uncle and one cousin in the military but like nothing else so like we did not grow up knowing anything about the military and so that is so interesting that it's like this lineage thing however i was thinking about that and i was like it started to kind of make me really sad (laughs) Only in from a mental health standpoint, because, you know, I I think we talked about it before that Mm -hmm. we're trying to break any like generational curses of not getting mental care that we need or seeking out a therapist. and. You know, we live in a time now where it's 2022 and like having a therapist is just kind of like a normal thing you have, like you have a hairdresser, like, it's just, you know, that's normal and it's okay to talk to people and you can Mm -hmm. be on anxiety or depression medication and people are just like, yeah, cool. Like, do you take your meds, but I was just like, wow, like the generation before us and the one before them, like that was not the case.
1: Right. So one of my grandparents was like, we didn't have all this PTSD and depression and stuff when I was young. And Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, after World War II, people just struggled silently and coped with alcohol yeah. and anger issues. And, you know, you don't have a lot yeah, of time to be sad when sure. you're working
2: 85 so hours
1: at the factory. I'm like,
0: okay, so. these people who are serving in the military now, like, and you know, we're obviously not saying this is the case for everyone, but... If we know that so many people in the military struggle with mental health issues, we know that 80% of soldiers come from military families, then it, it the math adds up that people still, that's how mm. they've been raised, that's how they know adults to act, that's yeah. how, you know, we hope that their parents took help, you know, mental health care seriously, got the help they needed, said, cool, feel your feelings, but I was just like, dang, man, like, I hope that we tell someone like through this podcast that, like, it really is okay. Even if your parents or your family or whatever don't like think it's all hippy dippy, la la land crap. That, like, people aren't really anxious and depressed and have these neurodiverse yeah. conditions. Like, it's okay to ignore that and be like, I'm going to break this generational curse. It's going to be me. This is yes. where oh, we we're
1: both pastor's kids. And as as pastor's kids, we have the experience that like your parents hold a position. Mm-hmm. And so you in some ways, you want to be careful about what you say about them. And it, it, I think it's the same in the military. If If you grow up thinking like my behavior or mm-hmm. my negative talk might affect my parents' career. Ooh, well, then silent. when you grow up and you have the same career, yeah. of course, you're like, Oh, no. I kept bringing up Facebook (laughs) in our conversation like 27 times. But I said one of the most common anonymous posts I see in these Facebook groups is I or my spouse, one of us, both of us needs need help. And Mm -hmm. we're afraid it will affect his or her career. And, you know, most Mm -hmm. military families are a one income household Mm -hmm. or a or at least the military paycheck is the big one. And so it's a that's a really valid concern. So I always tell people, first of all, the best thing you can do for your spouse's career is to take care of yourself. The best thing you can do for a partner is to put on your own oxygen mask first. The best thing you can do for your relationship or marriage is to take care of yourself And give yourself the opportunities you need for growth and fulfillment. And you know what? If I, I personally feel like if seeking mental health care affects, you know, what duty stations your spouse is eligible for or what, what unit they go to, I, I feel like that's still going to be the best choice for your family. Like it, because your your family needs you. And mental health issues can become dangerous really fast. And mm-hmm. and and same with soldiers seeking care. You know, if it if it affects your career to the point that it's really damaging or detrimental, right. then honestly, mm-hmm. maybe that's not and the career path for
0: like if the consequences of coming forward with it are that severe, then it is worth losing some of the things you might have had like you know a chance to a different duty station or even if it means the end of army life like Mm -hmm. Kathleen just said because at the end of the day we are like this is sometimes a life or death conversation
1: they behavioral health is there to support you to support soldiers and they want you to ask for help they want you to ask questions there are no stupid questions there is nothing that they don't want to help you with
0: So I, like you guys listening, have only heard the first part of the interview. I did that on purpose so I wouldn't get the conversations confused and I would only be speaking about what you guys are hearing. So I'm looking really forward to diving into the rest of it next week. If you guys have um, any questions about resource or anything during this time, like during the week after you've listened to this and we're preparing for the next episode, be sure to let us know. You can find us on Facebook at Small Army, the Household 6 Podcast community, on Instagram at Household 6 Podcast. And you can always find us on our website at householdsixpodcast.com.
1: And if you have questions, please post in our Facebook group or shoot us an email at Household6podcast at gmail. Uh, uh colonel reagan said that he would be happy to do A Q&A with us i love that and he said we could we could call it ask alex which i think sounds awesome so yeah, if you guys helpful. have enough questions it could be a recurring thing
0: yeah that would be amazing and as always we'll leave you with this leave your duty station better than you found it household six signing off